Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us I online at on westbridgedanville.com. This week's message it, comes it from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in, in your everyday faith journey. Life. And so to sum that up, just to get clarity around that, you could we could describe that many ways, but we'll say it means being fully alive in Him so that His life is beating in us in that it's His love in our hearts that, that we're living. It's His joy that we're experiencing. It's His peace. All these things He promises, He calls us into so that as we do our everyday life, we, we never perfectly get this, but our pursuit each day is to live our life fully alive in Him such that we live our life the way he would live it if he was living, living our life. So that's what this resurrection means, or the upswing of the J-curve. So to give us a visual of this, just to picture it, what's it mean to be fully alive in him? I'll share a quick story and, and three graphics. But it happened uh, a couple Mondays ago. Sabbath is Monday at our house, and I was actually napping when I heard the doorbell. And I thought it was little sweet Heidi Higby, a little girl that Tam taught that lives down the street who will drop by often to talk with Tam. And, and uh, so I opened the door to see the kid, but it wasn't Heidi. It was a kid much shorter. And he had a bike helmet on and sunglasses. And it, I didn't have a category for this. I'm like, who is? There was no parents around. Like, he's just smiling at me. And it, then finally I realized it was Tannen Johnson. And he was out on his scooter bike just cruising Gary Aiken Park. Mom and dad then stepped out from behind the garage. <laughs> I, I saw Wes and Janae, and, but it was so fun seeing Tannen just full of life that day, scootering around. It's that bike that you get before you get bike with wheels that you figure out your balance, and he was just fully alive tearing up Gary Aiken Park trails. Well, about a week or so earlier, my nephew Ty Mack and his buddy Matthew Pickle come cruising down the same trail, except they're on a mountain bike. Now, if you've seen these guys cruise town on a they don't need a bike park. The entire town is their bike park. They're jumping off sidewalks and riding wheelies through the park. And, and it's amazing what they can do on a, on a bike. There's scooter bike fully alive. And then there's mountain bike fully alive, where the whole town is yours to tear up. All right. I got I to tell you something, though, everybody. And, and many of you may know this. There's a fully alive that goes even beyond scooter bike and mountain bike. You, you know what I'm talking about? It's wild hog alive. Right? It's when you set yourself upon a Harley Davidson and you go rip-roaring down a back road of Indiana, preferably 136 up to Perillo's to get some pizza on a beautiful day. Can you just feel the power? Can I get a, is there a sound effect somebody, somewhere in this house? Just. And then there's this power that's not of you. There's this joy of just flying down the road fully alive, wild hog alive. All right. So what I, as I was thinking, what was that? Hey man, we've got a wild hog back here. All right. <laughs> but you know, as I was thinking about this journey of life with Christ, just that picture of as an infant, we come alive in him, but we grow in that in our life and experiencing his resurrection power. 
transforming us and flowing through us to be a blessing to those around us. The great hope of this J-curve is the power of God. Where Paul said, I want to know Christ, the fellowship of his sufferings, but the power of his resurrection. He tasted it and he wanted to know it. How do we do that? Like, like how does this actually play out in our everyday life? How do we experience real-time resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our everyday life? And the answer is this. It's by knowing, owning, and living a core truth. This truth is found in Romans chapter 6. And today our simple goal is simply going to be know it, own it, and then live it. And so if you would join me there in Romans chapter 6, the uh, quick context, Paul in chapter 5 has been just explaining our great salvation, our justification, that we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And it's through faith in him that we have this peace, peace. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. But then he gets down to verse 18 and he says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so that was Adam sinning in the garden, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. And that was the, the Jesus dying on the cross for us. He says, for just as, just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. Then he says, the law was brought so that, and so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So he's, he's talking us through the law, the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments was brought to reveal to us that we're sinful. But where sin increased, when we realize I am a sinner and I, I fail to follow what God's called me to, as sin increases, grace increases, and so then a, that raises a question. If, if, I, if I cannot out God's grace, then here's the question. Chapter 6, verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? If my sinning is covered by God's grace, which brings him glory, would it make sense then just to keep sinning? Because God's grace is going to cover it, right? So why not just sin? Paul anticipates this question and answers it, does not stutter as he answers it. <laughs> He's just like, by no means, by no means. And then for 2 to 14, he goes and he answers this, and in answering it, he will give us the, uh, really the core truth that, that will help us live out the, step into the joy of, of being fully alive in Christ. What I'd like to do, though, right now, so that we're clear on the truth right here at the start is go ahead and, and share this truth summary form as Paul shares it in verse 11. So if you would go ahead and um, look there at verse 11, it says, Paul's summing it up, and he says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So the core truth is this, I'm dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is big, we'll unpack it, but this is the, the truth to carry with us today. This is the one we're going to, we want to know it, own it, and live it. Um, and what's helped me this week to, to keep it in my mind and just think about it, dwell on it, is it's simple if you remember, it's three sets of three. Three sets of three. I am, or, and dead to sin, three words, dead to sin, alive to God, 
in Christ Jesus. Dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus. And that's the truth that, that we're going to want to uh, think about, carry with us, and the truth that ultimately leads us into the joy of, of being fully alive in Christ. So first, we need to know this truth. This is the focus of verses ten or 2 to 10. So join me in verse 2 where Paul says, he's answering that question, should we go on sinning? By no means. We are those who have died to sin, how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know, and there's the key word, he'll repeat this two more times, that what God wants us to do is know this truth. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, this is tough or, or because we're, we're having to think about something that we can't see but what he's describing here is that moment of salvation. Now, we are not saved by being baptized. This, he's not, baptism is an outward picture of the inward reality, the inward baptism that happens. So here's what happens. The moment you come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. This is a crucial concept to grasp. You are in him. You are one with him. You are he is in you, you are in him. You are baptized and you are baptized into his death. You share in his death. Now, he says, so, and what did Christ do? He died to sin. He, he died for sin, but he died to sin. We share in that death. We, are, we, we were, therefore, buried with him through baptism into his death. Why? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the, of the Father, we too may live a new life in real time. This is the J-curve. This is the, the what does it mean, or, or really this, this first few verses summarizes this and, and said, okay, see this. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are baptized into his death so that we might share in his life or walk in newness of life, walk a new way of life, live as resurrected people, new creations in Christ. Okay, so what does it mean to be dead to sin? Let's, Paul unpacks this for us. He says, verse 5, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And this word resurrection is, is not just then and there. True, we will be resurrected like him in, with our bodies and souls, but it's here and now as well. It's real-time resurrection. He goes on, For we know that our old self was crucified with him. That old self referring to that sinful self that wants our will versus God's will so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, as old self, and that we should no longer live as slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So as we unpack, what does it mean to be dead to sin? What is sin? If you had to summarize that, a quick summary would be anything that leads us away from God, anything that is not of God and leads us from him, What's it mean to be dead to sin? And, and here we see it means we are unresponsive to it. It, in, it has no power over us. Before we come to faith in Christ, we are slaves to sin. 
we, we, uh, we can do some good things, but ultimately, when, when sin says jump, we jump. We can't not jump. We're, we're dead in our, or we're alive to sin, um, dead towards God, but, but we cannot say no. We, we are, addictions own us, uh, sin owns us, our pride owns us, that ladder of elevating self, it owns us. When sin says jump, we, we jump before Christ. But when we come to faith in Christ, this is where the concept is so important. We die to sin, and in dying to sin, the power of sin over us and over our lives is broken so that we are now dead to it. When you're dead to something, you're unresponsive to it. You're, you're, it can holler at me, but uh, not hearing it. And this is our hope. When sin yells jump, we don't have to jump in Christ. I, and this is what the truth we need to know. Guys, Paul's saying, know this. So it was always a bad day at basketball practice when the coach says, hey, oh, well, Coach Hammonds was, was our coach. And like, on the line, we were messing up. He's going to make us run sprints. And there was no appealing to that authority. It was just, we're going to have to go run sprints. And he would run us hard and we would suffer. Well, Matt, every once in a while, I'll, I'll see Coach Hammonds at Twin Bridges at the golf course. And imagine this summer, I bump into him, and it's fun to bump in, catch up with him. But imagine not this day. As I walk towards, towards my car, meet him there in the parking lot, he shouts, Mac, on the line! I saw you missed that three-foot putt, and we're going to run sprints until I say stop right here in the parking lot. Well, what would I say to that? I'd say, you don't own me anymore. I'm not on your team. I'm going to go get a hot dog and a Gatorade if I want to. I'm not running sprints. So it is. In Christ, and, and so important, in Christos, in Christ Jesus. Guys, we are dead to sin. It has no power over you. This is so important in fighting temptation because sin will come and say, I own you. I own you. You failed, you failed, you failed. You can't, you can't, you can't. And we say, we live by truth. We live by faith. And it's this truth. I am dead to sin. But it doesn't stop there. I am alive to God. So what does that mean? And Paul goes on to explain it in verse 8. He says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And this isn't just a future live in heaven. This is right now. Real-time resurrection. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death, death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died once for all. And that precious truth of the sufficiency of his payment for sin on the cross. But here it comes. The hope of the Jacob, but the life he lives, that we're living with him, we're united with him, the life he lives, he lives to God. Dead to sin, alive to to God. Now, what does it mean to be alive to God? What's, again, a somewhat complex to think about, but okay, we're one with Christ Jesus, and we died with him, but now we're alive to him. As we live our lives, we're living, in essence, his life, which is fully awake to the Father, fully awake to who God is, and fully in step with what God calls us to do, so that now it's his love that, that's animating our life. And it's his joy that's the melody of every moment. And it's his peace that is the stabilizing power in our life through the storms that threaten to capsize our life. And we are fully alive. 
How? Because we are in Christ Jesus, dead to sin, alive to God. Real-time resurrection, know it, know it. And that's, you know, this week I, I came into this truth, and honestly, it wasn't super high on my list of things I was thinking about. And, and privilege of getting to share God's word with you, I, I've been living in it, but I, God challenged me, and I ch- challenge you through what he said. To, would you pack this truth with you this week and just know it? I mean, like, write it down, think about it, sing it, pray it. Um, let it become precious to you because it is by his truth we are set free and God will do a work of resurrection not um, the, the means through which he does his resurrection is his word as we apply his word to our lives and that means to our thinking and to how we see life and it's a miracle how he does it but it's as we know it three times Paul has said know it know it know it and so we want to know it but it doesn't stop there He carries on in verse 11, and he says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And the operative word there is count. It's a tough word to translate. Some translations have it as consider. Others have it as reckon yourself. But it's it's helpful as we come to it to know it's an accounting term, and it's the kind of, it's used in the context of take something and put it on your own account. Put it in your bank account. So he's saying, uh, in essence, what he's saying is, guys, take this off the academic shelf and see yourself as dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus. Own it. Personalize it. Let it be yours. Like, Like those running shoes you bought at Dick's Sporting Good, take them off the shelf, put them in your car, and carry them into your house and set it in your closet. Put them on. Own it. Like that bag of carrots that you bought at Kroger's. Take them out into your car, carry them into the house, pull out the veggie drawer, put this truth in there and live on it. Own it. Count yourself dead to sin. Doesn't know them anymore. Alive to God. In Christ Jesus. Yeah, 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 I know that, I know that. No, 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 no. It's beyond knowing. See it. Believe it for yourself. Today, guys, in this moment, is anybody feeling the preciousness of this truth just over you? This is you. When you came to faith in Christ, and you may not have even realized this, but God in His Holy Spirit baptized you into union with, with Christ that's a forever union and in that union you died to sin you're alive to God you can see him you can know him you can walk with him you can his love his joy his peace is available but how do we experience it how do we come alive go from scooter alive to mountain bike alive to wild hog alive in our resurrected life it's as we know this truth own this truth, and then we go and we live it. And this is where uh, Paul puts on his coach's hat. The imperatives start to fly. Once we know it and own it, now we can live it. Verse 12, he says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey your evil desires. He said, why are you out there in the parking lot running sprints? Sin's got you all worn out, sweating. 
owning you, telling you to do this stuff, it doesn't own you anymore. Don't let it reign in your mortal body. So what do we do then when sin tempts us and would draw us away from the life we have in Christ? Verse 13, he says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument or as a weapon of right wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument or a weapon of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master. That's the promise because you are not under law, but you are under grace. And what does God call us to do here? He's calling us to, to live fully surrendered to him. How do we live this out? How do we step into the life that's fully alive? It's through surrender where we say, um, offer every part, Lord, here, here I am, every part of me, all of me, all for you, all of me, all for you. So back to the big question, how do we experience the joy of being fully alive in Christ? And it starts with knowing this precious truth, know it. Dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. But then we take this truth and we don't just know it, but we own it. We personalize it. We, 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 we treasure it. We, we let it be true of us or we own it as true of us. And then we live it out as we say, Lord, I'm, I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to you. I'm all yours. All of me, all for you. And what do we do when we fail? I know today I... None of us get this right all the time, but what do we do? And I love it how Paul keeps coming back. To, and I don't think it's a mistake that he says, I'm dead to sin, alive to God. In who? Christ, which is his royal title, his risen title, his all king of kings title. Christ Jesus. Jesus is his savior title. The great high priest who empathizes, sympathizes, and gives us grace still when we fail to be fully alive, fail to follow him. Fully alive in Christ Jesus. So here's the igniting vision. Imagine this. What if every one of us is in this process of becoming fully alive in Christ? We're knowing this truth, we're owning this truth, and we're, we're seeking to live this truth. And what if with every J-curve that comes, we see it as an opportunity to die to ourselves? know Christ in that, and then be raised in a real-time resurrection kind of way. So that as we do life, as Daryl was sharing, that his love is beating in our hearts. His joy is the melody of each moment, and his peace is that stabilizing power that helps us through the inevitable storms of life that are coming. And your life... My life is a real-time resurrection. Amen? Isn't that cool to think about? Your life and my life, a real-time resurrection, the life of Christ in us for the glory of God. And that's happening, I believe, in this very moment. As many of us, hopefully all of us, take this truth, know it, own it, and then determined by his help, with his help, I'll live this out. So, can I end this uh, J-Curve series without just giving a word? Can we put the big picture back up? That arrow at the top just reminds us, we're going to have real-time resurrection, and 
go from glory to glory and hopefully look more and more like Jesus throughout life, but we won't quite get there, but may I remind you what that arrow means? One day, your race is going to be over. My race is going to be over. And we will step from this life into the presence of our Lord. And we will be with him, and we will be like him. Bodies will be resurrected. Our souls will be perfect. We will be, as Kyle preached a great message one time, it was uh, we will be with a perfect God in a perfect place with a bunch of perfect people forever. Can anybody else feel that hope level rising? (laughs) Hope for today and hope for tomorrow through our union in Christ Jesus. We serve a great God, don't we? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this precious truth. We thank you for your love for us. And yeah, Jesus, that you came, you took up a cross, you died in our place, defeated death, made it possible for us to be forgiven, and you live today. I thank you that through faith in you, that we are one with you, that we share in this union, we die, we have died to sin, we are alive to you forever. Lord, I pray that we would live with this truth, help us know it, give us the grace to know it, own it, live it, so that we might be fully alive to do what you've called us to do. Thank you for your patience with us and just the ways that we often fail and yet your grace is there. We do ask that you would forgive us and just lead us into life. Lord, lead us into life. Thank you for these moments together. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.